BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. Today on this special edition of BeastNet, Pretty Mike talks with Coach Megan Beck, the OCR trainer, catching up on the last month, talking about your lower legs and how to be more effective on the trail. So, so how are you? I am exhausted. How are you? I'm feeling okay. I, I'm, I'm a little bit exhausted. I've, I'm, I'm actually trying to get the consistency back. So I've been doing a bunch of stuff, but then I started feeling some issues in my knee. So I've taken the last couple of days to keep moving, keep doing stuff, stretching, stuff like that, but also like ice the knee and keep the knee from going bad. So. Okay. What's going on with your knee? The typical, I mean, I've, I, my knee's been messed up since I was in junior high. So it's just every once in a while, it just gets sore and it just wants to, I need to, yeah. So it, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's on the inside of my knee, just soreness, tightness. When do you normally feel it? When I pushed really hard. Um, <laughs> usually, like this weekend, um, I felt it after this weekend. I did a workout with my friend, Brian. We did, uh, it was 400 meter like sprints then 29 squats with an 80 pound sandbag and we did seven seven rounds of that and it was pretty much so i think it was after the the sprints and then the squatting my knee was not not happy how often are you activating your glutes probably not enough i mean honestly (laughs) Probably not enough. If I have to think about it, because I'm like, I'm probably not enough. So, knee problems are often contributed to either the hips and or the ankles. So, it could be something of both of them going on, Mm -hmm. or just one or the other. So, I start by asking about the glutes because, especially if you're sprinting or running of any kind. Um, that requires a lot of glute and hamstring work. And if your glutes aren't activated, your hamstrings are going to take over and then they can't do what they're supposed to do, like with the knees and support the knees because they're doing the jobs of the glutes. But then also like if your calves are tight or your shins are tight or something is going on at the ankles, that will also cause some pulling at the knees. And then if the hamstrings aren't working properly because the glutes aren't working properly, then the calves are like, oh wait, don't worry, I got the knees. And your knees start bothering you a little bit more. (laughs) Um, I would guess, I mean, partly just because of the other parts that are sore, it's probably me not activating my glutes and my hamstrings are doing all the work because that's the other part that is sore is my hamstrings. And I think part okay. of the problem I run into too is I do stuff like that, but then like Monday and Tuesday, I spent more time in the car than anything else. So I said, sit a lot yeah. driving. Like tomorrow I've got to go to, I've got six hours of driving for like four hours of teaching. Ugh, that is miserable. Yeah. And that's been the hard part. I mean, luckily the last couple of weeks haven't been as bad. That's been one of my hardest parts about getting consistent is I spend so much time in the car that I'm just, and it doesn't sound like it should be, but it's mind numbing and you come home and you're exhausted yeah. from just sitting in the car. So for me, it's kind of, that's been one of my hard parts of getting consistent. Cause by the time I get home from sitting in the car, I'm just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so I've been luckily the last couple of weeks hasn't been as much driving. So I've been able to get start getting consistent and moving again, but then I'll have something like where my knee starts bugging me and it's like, okay, I need to back off a little bit because I know what happens in the past where I push through it. And then all of a sudden now I've got, instead of just a slight knee pain, I've got lots of knee pain. So instead of just backing out of it, what are you doing for like rehab for it? I've been stretching, like I said, trying to do, you know, stretch, open the hips, mainly stretch my hips, stretch my hamstrings um, and my, my quads and then rolling those muscles as well. Trying to deal with the muscles around the knee to try and make like them loosen up. Cause a lot of times it seems like when my knees bugging me, kind of like you said, I will feel tightness, more tightness in both my, my hamstrings, my, my quads, like the, the upper legs. And then also in my, my calves. So I'll try and you know, roll those, stretch those, get my, my legs. If I can get my legs feeling better, I've also got the, the air massage, whatever the air leg thing that you put in and it squeezes your legs. Mm -hmm. That seems to get blood flow, makes it feel better. Um, if I can get the muscles around the knee to loosen up, a lot of times it'll start feeling better. It's not, and that's one thing I figured out years ago. It's not just like you said, it's not just the knee, it's the muscles around it. And if I can get those muscles to loosen up, it starts to feel a little better. But just because your muscles are getting looser doesn't mean they're getting stronger. No. So no. what's to say that as soon as you go back, it's not just going to keep backing up? Nothing. It's, I mean, honestly, it's been a cycle, like I just said, for years. So it's probably what my problem is. I just keep loosening them up and getting them whatever. But then I go back to what I was doing and it makes it worse, you know, or makes it happen again. You know, it's been one of those things because I've been dealing with my left knee, well, I hyperextended it and did the initial damage in junior high. And then it's been pretty much a problem off and on ever since. So like when I was running the first time, when I really started running probably in 2010, nine and 10, um, that's what stopped me from running. I did a half marathon and partway through my knee popped, my left knee popped. And of course, because I'm stupid and we all know this, I finished the marathon, the half marathon. By the time I finished, my knee was just killing me and i was i had to stop like everything and like rehab the knee for almost six months you know and that's kind of my problem is I, i've learned as i'm getting older like okay when a massive pain like that happens you need to stop <laughs> you know and figure it out where before you know i just push through and then all of a sudden it's like okay well now because you push through now you've done what should have been like a minor injury is now a major injury so why not find a happy medium with that you don't have to stop because true rest isn't always a good thing. It can be detri detrimental, mm -hmm. uh, particularly when you're injured, um, because your body is injured for a reason and yeah. you need to figure out what that reason is and fix that. You know, if your doorknob falls off, you're not just going to be like, oh, oops, I don't have a doorknob. I guess I have to wait until I get another doorknob put in eventually or whatever, or just sure. keep living without a doorknob. Like you're going to go and you're going to fix the doorknob so you can use it again. Same thing, you know, there's a problem. Let's figure out what that problem is and try to fix it so you can use it instead of just wait and see what happens. Um, we've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. And I, again, I apologize if anybody listening is a chiropractor or whatever else, but more times than not, and there are good chiropractors, but more times than not, chiropractors make their money because they adjust somebody 
send them on their way and say, okay, I'll see you in a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And they stay busy by continuing to have people come back because, oh, this, you made me feel great in the moment. And then after X amount of time, it comes back and I need to get it again. Yeah. Well, they're not hairdressers. They're there to fix your body. They should be giving you the exercises to hold on to that adjustment for as long as physically possible. You know, a physical therapist, they get that doctor's script says, okay, we're going to fix this. Once this is fixed, okay, I'll see ya. It's not like, hey, check back in me in with me for a month. It's no, you have all of the tools you need. You are fixed. Go on your way. Yeah. But chiropractors are like, I'm going to adjust you. And then you're going to come back and I'm going to adjust you again. When really you want to hold on to that adjustment for as long as humanly possible and no longer have that issue. And that's one thing is, is I, I did have that. It's one of the reasons why I really as one of those people I don't like going to chiropractors because when I was younger, I had that we're a chiropractor that just kept like adjust, 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 adjust. And I kept having all of a sudden my back would start to get bad. So I'd have to go back and then back. And finally I went to a different one and they're like, well, here, let me do this. And then to help do these exercises. Like I said, then, there yeah. are great chiropractors out there. I want all chiropractors to be like that one that you saw. Yeah. The only exception I for all of my clients, if they are pregnant, I say, hey, go to the chiropractor as long as they are prenatal chiropractics, because when you're pregnant, your body is going to go through some really messed up things yes. and you need some quick relief and adjustments. And then hopefully that is going to cause less damage over time because you're going to get adjusted and you know your body is going to keep going through that damage if you can get adjusted back to square one it's better than continuing to compound but every pregnancy is different so yeah. that is my only exception for chiropractics yeah. otherwise do your research and make sure that a chiropractor is giving you the tools to hold on to the adjustment and not just adjust and go back but right now what you're doing with your knee is adjusting and then going back. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, and it's one of those things it's just been, you know, it's, we get in those, those cycles. It's what I've always done. It's just like, okay, it bugs me for a bit. Okay. Put some CBD on it, rub it in there, put a break, you know, use a sleeve for a couple of days. It'll start feeling better in a couple of days. And then I can go back to what I was doing. And then well, eventually I'll push hard enough that, okay, nope, I did it again. Now I need to go back and now I need to redo it. And, and that's just kind of been what I've always done. <laughs> so it's kind of like you said, it's finding that, okay, just because it's what you've always done. And I'm famous for this. I say this all the time because I'm, I'm in construction safety. Just because it's what you've always done doesn't mean it's right. The definition of insanity is doing the yep. exact same thing over and over and expecting different results. Exactly. So, so, I mean, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm definitely doing what I shouldn't be. I should be finding, you know, the, the issue with the knee and fixing it. Mm -hmm. You can reach out at any time. I am happy to send you. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. no. I, I can been... probably list off right now without yeah. looking at you, what you should be doing. Oh, I can guess. It's probably more workouts with the. It's probably what I already sent you. Yeah. Which I have been doing. <laughs> I haven't, my problem Good. is I haven't, 
I'm not as consistent as I should be. And like I said, that's been my biggest issue. And we know it is my consistency is when I, when I lost all the weight and did everything and gotten, I was consistent. And that's been my biggest problem recently is I'm just staying consistent. It's like every, it's like, we always say every excuse I can come up with, I come up with. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's just been for whatever reason, something, something happened in my brain and I'm just trying to get my, my mentality back to where it should be of consistency. And I think part of it is it's one, the plans of like moving everything else this mm -hmm. year, there's a lot of up in the air and I'm not signed up for anything. I'm signed up for like two races and that's it. And normally by now I'd be signed up for eight, nine, mm -hmm. you know, a huge race season coming up. I haven't signed up for any of the triathlons. Um, cause I'm not sure where I'm going to be. Right. So it's kind of, it's one of those. And I think that's part of my mental issue right now is there's just not a whole lot that I'm looking forward to. And the two races I'm looking forward to one of them is, you know, it's 24 hours, it's just movement and I can do that. You know, I know we know that mentally I'm, I'm insane enough that I can just keep pushing myself forever until I fall apart. And then yeah. the other ones, you know, you know, the Ragnar, which again, is just, it's not a lot of running, but I mean, it's just more running and it's like well we know i can do that so it's it's trying to get my mentality and i know that's my biggest problem and i mean this is mental health awareness month and that's one of my big issues right now is just the mental it's just not there not where it should be and and, and i know that mm -hmm. but knowing it sometimes isn't what fixes it yep yeah it's a tough one it's one of those ones that's always been like the hardest for me is once i get in a rut it's sometimes hard to like get back out of it Sometimes you need to sit down and just lay out your goals and make a plan. Yeah. yeah. And it's tough because I actually did that like a month ago. I sat down, actually got a book, wrote everything down. This is what I want to do to put out a plan for each day. And then like, that was great for like an hour. And then all of a sudden my brain's like, so it's just, like I said, it, no one can fix it but me. And I know that. And I've got to, I've got to figure out what, where the disconnect right now is in my brain. And it, it's a matter of figuring that out and fixing it. Okay. I don't know how it's, yeah. And like I said, it's been a tough one for me because I was pushing hard for a long time. And then it was pretty much, I think it was the, the second time failing on the Ironman that my brain kind of like stepped out for a minute. And I've had a lot of problems with getting the motivation ever since September. So, and then of course, having no motivation for a while now, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I want to get going again, but I've gained some weight back because I had no motivation for four months. So now it's just kind of like, it's that snowball effect that I've got to stop and turn it the other direction. So. Okay. Just out, not sure how sometimes. <laughs> what would make you happy right now? In the moment, not in six months right now what can you do that will make you happy and get you moving i think just to have a direction and to follow it i mean to, to get that direction to have a clear direction of where i'm going and why and, and i think like i said that's one of my big things is i don't have a clear direction of where i want to be and when if that makes well, sense let's look short term you have your 24 hour race yep. on the calendar. That's what June mm -hmm. and so just over a month. Oh, shit. and you have the Ragnar. Yeah. Which is I a month after that. You just had your, Oh shit moment. Sorry yeah. for swearing. Okay. But 
that is your direction right now. Because yeah, I just that, thought about that. That's a month away. That is the only thing right now you need to have your sights on. Say, what is going to get you to that race? What is your goal for that race? And what will get you to that goal? Because you know you can do the race. Mm-hmm. But would just doing the race make you happy? No, I want to beat the mileage I did last year. Okay. So what can we do in these, what, six weeks or so? Seven weeks? I don't know. I'm not looking at the calendar. But what can we do in those six to seven weeks to get you there? I need to build up my endurance, build up my distance, and my hills. Okay, so start with time on your feet mm-hmm. and say, get your zone two long runs in, probably because it's a 24-hour race, go two days on, on the week. I'd say give it a Saturday and Sunday because those are the days you can dedicate to it. Go one longer day, one a little bit shorter, both zone two, bam. That's what you need to focus on. And then if you have another day during the week, give yourself hill repeats. And then if, if you have any more time after that, get on your bike. The cardio get me going and get, yeah. And then do the maintenance work for your knees right now. I don't care as much about upper body for you. Work your lower body, get in your glute activations, get in your hamstring work, focus on your posterior chain, because at the end of the day, your posterior chain is going to get you up those hills. I care less about the squatting. Do your deadlifts, do your single leg work, and then go run, run up some hills, run slow, run with friends, and focus on that. Make Dawn get out there and run. There you go. It's not a good idea. That's a good idea. I need just need to get moving. And that's the thing. I, like I said, I think it's one of my biggest problems. I just haven't had that. But like you said, I just had that oh shit when I'm like, oh, that's like a month away. So I definitely need to, to get ready for that. Yeah. And especially if you're moving, you don't know if you're going to be able to come back to Washington, you know, in 2024 to run the race again. Give this everything you've got. And my, my goal is I want to beat the mileage that I did last time. I had 37, I think, miles. Okay. There you go. That is a goal. Focus on that. I like to hit 50, but it's a lot of hills. You know, it's a good goal, though. I think I can do it. I think last year, I had a chance last year, if it wasn't for the fact that last year I made a minute, because last year I had seven hours that I didn't race because I, I I messed up on my food Yeah, where I ate something that I made the mistake of. We all know, we've all talked about this. What do you never do on race day? You never eat food you're not used to. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I had a cup of noodle and all that, like the, the, the sodium every, yeah. like I had that and I went out and I made it less than a mile from camp. And like every part of my body started cramping. Oh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because I don't eat salt, like really at all. So all that sodium and everything just, yeah, I'm like, nope, done. 
we're done for the night. So I missed about seven hours there. So if I could keep moving like I did last year and not eat the wrong stuff, you know, and stick to my plan and my diet like I plan to, then I should be okay. And I should be able to get close to 50. So I like to set two goals for a race as opposed to just one. I like the short goal and the stretch goal Mm -hmm. because a lot of times what you, you think you can hit one goal, but then there's one big goal that you're like, Ooh, that would be really great to get to, but I know it's going to be a push and we'll see how we're feeling in the moment. So you're happy meeting that short goal, but you really want that stretch goal. I had a client that ran the final fit and every year for the last three ish years, she signed up for the fit multi-lap, but quit after one lap. And this year she said, you know, I'm going to go out. My goal is three laps. And I'm like, okay, fit. It's a three mile course with a thousand feet of elevation. You've ran Killington before. So obviously you get in from your first lap you haven't gotten out to your second lap. So instead of thinking, okay, one lap pit and go out again, have everything you need for your second lap already on you. Come in from your first lap, immediately go out for your second lap. Your goal right now is three laps. So after you come in from your second lap, you can grab some more food, go out, get that third lap in. So I'm running the ultra at fit. So I, I'm checking in with the clients that I see, but like, it's not my biggest concern. Yeah, I I come in from my like fifth lap and um, fit wasn't particularly a good race for me. And we'll talk about that too, if we have time, but I was grabbing some food and my, this client comes into my tent And she's like, Megan, I got three laps. I feel great. Like it was so awesome. And I had, I had run into another friend who was also doing the multi-lap. He came in from his fourth lap. We like ran into each other when he was on his fourth lap. And he's like, I think I'm going to turn in my timing chip. We, we come in and he talks to the person at timing and they're like, he's like, well, when, when is multi-lap over? And they said, you know, you like, you have until 4 p.m. It was like early afternoon at that point. He's like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to go out for another one, but I'm going to hold on to my timing chip just in case. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So he ended up going out for a fifth lap. So we're there refueling at this time. And she comes up and she's like, I feel great. I'm like, oh, well, then why don't you go for another one? She's like, well, three was my goal. And I already turned my timing chip in. Like, but you have time on the clock. I know, I knew you could do three laps. You've run Killington. Killington is 6,000 feet of elevation gain mm-hmm. over, you know, 12 to 17 miles. Three laps with 3,000 feet of elevation, that's only nine-ish miles. Like, you, she could have theoretically done another one, but because she had it in her head only three laps, she's like, Oh, yes, I hit the three. I'm good. I, I'm calling it a day. When she realistically was like, I feel great. This was such a good race for me. Like my obstacles are hitting. 
okay, my three laps are in, yay. Like challenge yourself. Mm -hmm. And just because you hit that short goal, how much more can your body go for? You know, especially in something where it is a multi-lap and you have time on the clock, if there is still time left and you're feeling phenomenal, why not see what more your body can do? Yeah. No, I, I like that idea. So yeah, so I think my, my short goal on this race would be 38 so I could pass what I did last mm -hmm. year, but my long goal would be 50. Perfect. I love that. My long goal will definitely be 50. So that would be a good one to hit too. I've been, because it's one of those things, it's actually 50 is that odd, weird number for me. I've never hit a 50. Really? Yeah. No, the, the longest I've done, um, I went for 50 with Dawn once, but at like 42, I think it was, my hip gave out, okay. like just locked up. I couldn't move like my whole left leg, my hip just locked. And I'm like, I can't, you know? Um, and then last year and the year before I ran my age, so 43 and 44 miles. Mm -hmm. But I've never gone for the full 50. And this year I didn't do the 45 because in December, I mean, I just wasn't in that spot when I normally right. do it. I just mentally and physically wasn't in a position to run the 45. So I've never hit the 50. I've always wanted to. It's like one of those, it's it's on my bucket list to hit the 50. And this would be a great event to do it at. So. It would. If you don't hit it there, though, you should hit it at World's Toughest Mudder. I want to, which is one of those things. When is that? Maybe That's let's in... just do both. Yeah. World's toughest mother is in what? November. November. First and if everything's the way it's supposed to be, that's in Dallas, right? Hey, you said you're going to be there. I'm going to be, right, there. be there. You're going to be, be there. there. I'll be there. I'll be there. That'll be an awesome one. I'll be there. We'll hit 50. Yes. yes. You're um, going to hit 50. And it'll be good. It's just like I said, I, I've got to get out of my head. And that's been one of my, and we know how it is. I mean, most of, and a lot of people miss that. And I mean, with this being mental health awareness month or whatever, it's, we miss the mental side physically mm -hmm. most of us can do all of this yeah if we could mentally convince ourselves you know and it's not even just convincing ourselves it's mentally knowing we can so most time when we don't make and we don't do something it's because mentally we've stopped ourselves yeah that's why i tell all of my clients when they're running any kind of ultras in particular sit down beforehand and make a list of everything that you can think of that can derail you. Mm -hmm. Because more times than not, we already have all of these self-doubts. Yes. And journaling alone is such a phenomenal tool to work through that kind of stuff. But, you know, we go out on all of these long runs. We're in our heads. We know what we're experiencing and we need to devise a plan to get around all of that. So when it does kick in, you already know what to do. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay. I don't think I have any support from family and friends. And then who knows, maybe you say, hey, can you text me at this point or this point or you know, whatever else, like if it comes down to having a family member's like necklace or something on you that you can just like hold and be like, no, they're with me or, mm -hmm. you know, have somebody write little letters for in your pit. And every time you go into the pit, read something from somebody else yeah. or, you know, put it all around your bin, like something that is going to say like, 
you know, my family and my friends are with me. They, they're supporting me. They believe in me. Or, you know, if it's your own self-doubt, like, oh, my pace is too slow. Um, have something that you can do or see or a mantra or whatever else that'll pull you out of that. Yeah, it's one of those ones everyone always laughs. My mantra, just keep swimming from the Finding Nemo. It's just, yeah. it's one of those ones when things aren't going well. I mean, I've had people, they'll hear me because I'll start just almost in a way chanting it in under my breath, mm-hmm. just keep swimming. And it just, it gets me, it's calming in a way, but it also, it's that rhythmic and just gets me out of my own head of, I can't do this. And just kept, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And then it just keeps me moving forward. It's one of those things a lot of people don't understand sometimes just that positive sometimes. Um, when I did my first marathon, right before my 40th birthday, when I was like 290, 300, whatever. And did the first thing, like nine and a half hours of hell. But um, started with two friends. One of them stopped at 13 miles because she didn't feel well. Um Don was the other one at 23 miles, his back basically seized up and he couldn't continue. So the last three miles, I was alone. Like literally they're taking down the course in front of me. I'm it, <laughs> you know, um, it's like, if you ever seen the movie fat boy run, that's pretty much, you know, run fat boy run <laughs> That was pretty much me. So I'm the last one like coming through, but I had my phone with me. And amazingly, it was like, it's almost like your friends know sometimes when they need you need them. And some of my friends started messaging me like, how are you? How are you know, like mentally? And I'm like, honestly, mentally, I am screwed. Like mentally, I was gone. I mean, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it's probably the one and only time I've literally flat out cried on a course. Because I was dead alone. They were taking down, like I said, they were taking down the course in front of me. You know, they weren't even stopping the the streets for us anymore because there was no one but me. Oh. So, and it was one of the most just, I wanted to quit. I wanted to be done. And one of the, this great lady who was, you know, one of the course marshals that would drive and make sure we were all good. And they were handing me off back and forth. There was one on a bike and one in the car to make sure I was still safe. Um, but they flat out said, they're not shutting. Like they will stay with me until I finish. But she asked me multiple times because my left ankle had locked up, but I still wouldn't stop. I just kept moving. And she's like, you're limping. You're in. Do you want me to just take you to the finish? And I'm like, no. I'm like, there's less than three miles. I'm finishing this stupid thing. But it was like, sometimes, you know, our brain will push us where our bodies won't. And that's kind of one of those ones times where it's like mentally, I'm like, I know mentally I can push myself. But at the same time, I want to push myself in a way now in a healthy way to where when I go to do that, I'm not completely like the last marathon I did. I wasn't wrecked by the end of it. I was still like, I actually feel like I could go run a little bit more, you know, where, and that's where I want to be again. I don't want to be on that. You know, I know I can push myself through it. I know I can do all that, but I don't want to, if that's the right word. I mean, I want to be able to to do it in a way that I'm not destroying myself. Cause after I finished that race, I couldn't like get out of off the couch for like three days mm-hmm. because my leg was locked up. I mean, my whole, if you ever, Don's got a video of it when I'm running for like the last hundred feet, I couldn't run correctly because my ankle wouldn't move. So, and it's one of those that sometimes we push ourselves to a, a limit and sometimes, you know, 
we look at that and it's like, yes, mentally we can do stuff, but at the same time, mentally we want to get ourselves to where we don't have to push like that, if that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. yeah. well, you have that now, so you can use that as a mental driving force. Like, yes. I did this, so I know I can do this, but also you can use it as motivation to train for all of your races and say, I never want to get to that point. No. where I'm having to fight through the pain. No. I want my body to be healthy. I want to train my body specifically to do this, but to go longer even. Yeah. And that's where I want to get to. And that's one thing like with this event, it's it's because it's constant, but I mean, there's stops in between. You can stop in the middle and take breaks and whatever at camp and eat and all that. But I mean, it's still, it's 24 hours and as many, many miles as you can get. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a fun one. So now I have a question for you. You yes. mentioned it, but so what happened to fit? So <laughs> you said fit. it wasn't your, a great one. So I'm like, yeah. yeah so I was feeling decent the week leading up to it. I mean, I didn't put any pressure behind fit because it's, it was more of a fun race. Like it was the last one I've never altered there before. Um, Diamond Hill can be really intimidating. Cause like I said, it's three miles, a thousand feet of elevation, but the climbs aren't just like gradual climbs. They're straight up, straight down. Um, the descending is super technical, like break your ankle kind of technical descent. Um, you can like hands and knees climb those like, it's bad at times. So, you know, I was just mentally preparing for that. Mm -hmm. um, the week leading up, you know, I was fueling, you know, I got all of my ultra food ready. I bought fruit to eat my water. The day before I had like an entire thing of pineapple and that night my stomach was just like, oh, I hate you right now. Um, I tried to sleep tossing and turning all night. Like my stomach just was not behaving. I woke up that morning and I have like a very set routine. Like I wake up, I take my athletic greens. I throw some beets into my athletic greens. And particularly when I'm going to run, I really want to get those beets because that helps with your aerobic performance. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not feeling well, the beats sometimes will make me vomit. And my stomach was like, no, you can't put anything in your stomach right now. So I wasn't able to get my athletic greens and beets. I had my friend who was coming with me to pit. He picked up a breakfast sandwich and some coffee. And typically that's like my normal pre-race meal, especially when I'm going for an ultra versus just a shorter race I eat a full breakfast sandwich you know eggs with a protein on a bagel it fuels me for the entire race whatever I tried eating it like as we're getting to Diamond Hill which is an hour drive and like I couldn't eat at all um so we're putting the everything together and it's getting close to race time. And I'm like, I still haven't eaten and I'm about to go up for 12 hours. Um, but I couldn't, like my stomach wouldn't let me put anything in. I wasn't hungry. I just had no desire to eat at all. 
So I mixed up all of my, you know, hydration. I tried to drink some coffee. Um, I grabbed a couple clementines because I eat those every morning. Like I need something in my system. Like the good thing is this is only a three mile loop. So I can bring some stuff with me, but I can refuel in between every lap if I need to. It's, you know, do what I can. So I go out on my first lap and it's so slow. I'm struggling. Um, I'm not hungry, but I can just tell that my energy is not there. Um, so that takes me well over an hour. It's so slow, even with the climbs. Mm -hmm. um, so I come back in and I grab some applesauce and some gummies, like gummy worms or whatever. And I'm going up the first climb on lap two, you know, take a squeeze pouch of applesauce and I'm eating some gummy worms and it's not really sitting well in my stomach. It's taking me a while to eat the gummies. Um, again, it takes me super long to finish that lap, but I'm, you know, I'm obstacling, I'm climbing, I'm running when I can. Lap three, I come in and I, I just can't eat anything. So I start up the climb and this is when one of my clients caught up to me and was like trying to run with me. And I end up vomiting every couple of yards. Like I'll be running and it's just like pineapple is like vomiting up and I can't stop it. Um, so I run when I can, hike when I can. I just think to myself, just keep moving. Like my head is spinning. Um, I feel like I'm going to bonk. I've never bonked before. Knock on wood. I never bonked before, but I'm like, I feel like I'm going to bonk. Like I could lay down right now and fall asleep. Um, I'm like really scared. So I'm again, running when I can, just thinking, get to the finish line, you know, get off this lap. Um, fit is a great obstacle course race in which it's, they, he says it's just a challenge, you know, if there are backups at obstacles or you feel like you can't do an obstacle, you don't have to do an obstacle. It's not mandatory completion for the ultras. It's do what you can. Yeah. The mileage is more important than the obstacles. There comes a time where they shut down all the obstacles because of safety and like with the darkness and everything else. So it's like, do what you can. Um, so I'm like, not thinking about obstacling. I'm trying to do a couple of them. Like I did the Gibbons. I did a couple like walls, destroyer, that kind of stuff. But I'm like, I just need to get off this lab. So I cross the finish line and I go to my pit and I got some ginger seltzer water, which did not know that people don't realize that seltzer water is actually water and not just an alcoholic beverage. It's like two different things. There is like a real legitimate seltzer. Mm -hmm. I told people I had seltzer and they're like, you're drinking on course. I'm like, no, I'm drinking seltzer water. Hmm. So. That's funny. Cause I've never actually thought of it as alcohol. 
Yeah. Um, it must be like, like a, I don't know. Like the hard seltzers. People just think okay. that like a yeah. hard seltzer is yeah. like what we talk about when we say seltzer. But like in New England, we absolutely adore seltzer water. It's carbonated water. Tastes totally different than mineral water or sparkling water. Mm. Uh, seltzer is not sparkling water. Totally different. But yeah, so I had ginger seltzer water and I forced myself to eat a slice of pizza. And my stomach was feeling so much better after that. So finally, I was able to get some kind of life. And I head up onto that lap more energy and that's when I run into my friend so I do two laps with my friend and then I'm just thinking okay I only need to get to eight laps to get a buckle so I'm just focusing on that um get through you know these two laps with my friend I think did I meet him on I met him on his fourth so I met my fourth I was fine fifth met up with him sixth I was out with him by seven, I'm like, I only need two more laps and, and I get my buckle. Perfect. And I'm staying really consistent for the most part. Lap seven was definitely much faster because that was the first time that I was like pushing myself where my stomach was feeling fine. I was eating prosciutto. I was getting, you know, some Oreos. I was eating, taking some race fuel. I was keeping my hydration mm -hmm. up. Um, so it was like a whole new race. Um, so then I was just thinking, okay, I just have to get to eight laps on, um, I come in for my seventh lap and Kelly Sullivan is walking back. She had just finished her eighth and she's like, I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm calling it. Um, this, this course is brutal and it's sounding like there aren't very many women that were going to finish with their buckle and the ones that were finishing with their buckle were going to eight so I looked at my watch after seven and I'm like hmm well I have a, about two hours before the start line closes I'm running pretty consistently somewhere between hour 15 hour 20 ish laps said okay I'm gonna go out on lap eight and I'm hoping to get in before that before the start line closes. If I need to, even if I take a slower lap, if I only have two minutes to make it into the start line to get out on lap nine, I'm gonna do it. Like push, now you just gotta get out onto lap nine and then lap nine can be as slow as you want it to be. Just make sure you have a headlamp because you're pushing yourself. As long as there is time on the clock, you are getting out onto another lap. So I'm like, okay, I'm not stopping at eight. I'm going to nine. So I went out, lap eight, everything went great. And I got out onto lap nine with 15 minutes left before the start line closed. And I walked that entire lap. I was just thinking, you know, I don't know how many other people are out on a ninth lap, but you did it. And, you know, just be proud of yourself. So I came in and we checked the results and it looked like, well, not, it looked like their, their, um, their results were a little messed up because yeah. 
um, the whole, you can finish at any time. So it, it recorded the person who turned their timing chip in, even though they only ran three laps as first. So we had to go and figure out, you know, who's still on the course and whatever else. And it turns out that I finished second. So they handed me a second place medal. It was like so dark at that time, like going down the mountain with a headlamp. I was just thinking, don't break an ankle. <laughs> um, so I got out. I came back in, in the dark, they handed me a second place medal. And I'm like, what is this? Like, didn't even think this was a possibility. Um, looking back at it. My heart rate never spiked. I never touched zone five. It was a 13 hour base building run. I stayed pretty much average in zone two the entire time, which is everything I wanted it to be because this was a training race. So I never like jacked up my heart rate. I never pushed myself to the point where you know, I was race racing it and I still finished second. So that whole slow and steady wins the race. Well, no, but it got me to second. Yeah. Um, and maybe had I not felt like garbage for the first three laps, I could have pushed faster and taken that first place, but I wasn't even thinking about podium at all. No. Which, yeah, like I said, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I mean, you know, who knows what would happen that morning. But I mean, and that's, but there's the other side of that is you push past it. It's one of those things. I, I A lot of people would have been like, nope, I feel like garbage. I've done two laps. I'm done. You know, I have like, bigger goals. Yeah. You're like, nope, I have goals. I want that buckle. I need to get eight. So I'm going to push myself to eight. And you push past all of that stuff in the morning. I mean, you know, we all have our, our morning like routine before a race hmm. mine is and it's mine is coffee and bananas but and that's always before every race coffee and bananas i love my coffee um i'm a coffee fiend now so, i'm just looking at monkeys on coffee yeah there you go <laughs> yep coffees and banana that's my that's my start i'll have coffees and a banana um and then i go run and then, you know, during the run, I have, you know, a few things like I'll usually have pickle juice and some other things to keep me going and, you know, snacks. One of my favorite snacks, <laughs> my hi puppy, um, is peanut butter sandwiches, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, we all have our things, but if all of a sudden things aren't going well, most of us are like, well, oops, guess we're screwed. But I mean, you know, you showed that sometimes you just got to push through it. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you need to know what your body can handle and you know have that mental fortitude to say okay I only need to make it this far or you know for me quitting wasn't an option I knew if nothing is going to stay down in my stomach right now I need to put down soft foods that even if they're going to come up the body is going to pull those nutrients like the second it's in the system and they don't need to break it down yeah so um you know that's where I was getting a lot of applesauce I was getting a lot of clementines I tried the gummies you know the gels the chews all that kind of stuff just kept to softer foods and small little things like I had teeny tiny little snickers and it was like it's just, it's something. Yeah. 
And sometimes some of the foods, I mean, one of the things that last year that kept me going quite a bit, and it sounds really weird, um, at the, the Sisu event that I'm doing in June, um, was quesadillas. Yeah. It was just, I mean, which, I mean, and by quesadillas, I mean, it was just cheddar cheese melted in between two. Yeah you know to uh like tortillas that was it yeah. and i ate a lot like because i didn't bring those i brought i usually have wraps but they had the, these and they were making them they're like oh you want someone i'm like yeah and that was what it was the cheese and the just kept me moving you know yeah. so yeah i ate a lot of prosciutto that day a lot of prosciutto a lot of watermelon <laughs> um yeah and now i know i had my friend that was there pitting for me neat his job was specifically to write down how I felt and what I took each lap. So now with Tough Mudder Infinity and Philly coming up in a couple of weeks, I can look at that list and say, okay, I didn't touch this, 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 this. I know I need all of this stuff. This is when I was eating it. And everything is just trial and error and figure out the proper timing because it's all going to that bigger plan for world's toughest mutter mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people i mean that's one thing you know that you know for you is you've got world's toughest mutter and you've got this over here but you're like okay i'm gonna do this 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 and this to get me there yeah. and that's where i think a lot of people miss and that's where i have problems sometimes is when i'm like oh i want to get here but then i throw a bunch of things in the middle before that that really have nothing to do with this yeah you know, and that was my problem last year. My main goal was the Iron Man, but I threw a whole bunch of Spartans, Tough Mudders, everything else in front of that. And then I'm like, really, none of those have anything to do with me getting over here. Yeah. You know, and that's where, you know, watching you, I mean, it's amazing to watch because, you know, you everything you're looking at, the, here's your goal and everything you're doing, every race you pick gets you closer to that. I always set my A race first. And say, okay, what is going to get me there? How does this race fit into this? And like, World's Toughest Mudder is my A race. I'm still going to run OCRWC. That's B race. So I know OCRWC is probably not getting me to World's Toughest Mudder. But I can still take some valuable information from OCRWC. Because I'm racing back to back to back. So that's going to test my body over maybe that 24 hour time period and say, okay, I don't plan to stop at World's Toughest Mudder, but in the event that I do and I sleep through the night, can I wake up and get back out there and keep going? Or how does my body feel with, you know, this back to back to back? I mean, I train, you know, Saturday and Sunday back to back anyways, but You know, I I still can get that at OCRWC. But then, you know, I'm running the Holy Grail for Tough Mudder, not because I want whatever the Holy Grail is, but more because I want as much practice as possible. I've only ran one Tough Mudder in my life at this point. So get me out to infinity, get me on all of those obstacles. But also I want to see how I hold up, you know, contender status or it, who knows, maybe I can push to elite contender, although it's not looking likely with the standards they've set for infinity, maybe for toughest. Mm-hmm. But again, like short goal, contender, stretch goal, elite contender. But I know this year it doesn't actually matter. Everybody can 
go for podiums and I don't expect a podium at World's Toughest Mudder, but it gives me a purpose. So looking at fit, I said, okay, we didn't know what contender status was or elite contender or both of them when I went out for fit or when I was making the plan for fit. But I was thinking in my head based on what it was last year, okay, for the for infinity, it was like, I need to get what, like 40 miles. Well, if I run 10 laps at fit, that's 30-ish miles. But then they also say every 1,000 feet of elevation gain is like running an additional mile. So that would put me kind of to, closer to 40 miles mm-hmm. in that like physical preparation, even if it doesn't say it on my watch. So that was my mentality going out. And I said, okay, stretch goal for fit is 10 laps but short goal get the buckle and then it I was telling myself this is just a training race you can tap out at any time you have permission to tap out if it's not feeling well for you but you know challenge yourself and I I tell my I've gotten into the habit of telling myself this you know when I go out for my hill workouts or my training runs whatever else um like okay if you get into that mental point or that physical Mm -hmm. suck where you're like I can't keep going I you have permission to break stride Mm -hmm. you have permission to tap out Uh, because I think that I put such high expectations on myself that then I get, I let myself down if I do. But so I started saying, it's okay. If the time comes and you need to tap out, you can tap out. And I have never actually broken stride or tapped out or whatever else when I give myself permission, because at the end of the day, I'm like, well, I know I told myself that I can, but I don't feel that bad or this isn't something that I can't recover from had, you know, I been vomiting up everything that I was attempting to eat. I probably would have tapped out or if I, if my laps weren't consistent, if they were drastically decreasing, if I was spending a bunch of time in my pit, I probably would have tapped out of fit, but at the end of the day, I was like, I'm only throwing up the pineapple that I ate yesterday. So I must've had some bad pineapple. Um, I'm keeping down the oranges, the watermelon, you know, the applesauce. Okay. I'm, I don't feel the urge to sit in the pit. I'm going to go again. I'm going to keep going. And, you know, the more I could get my stomach settled, you know, get whatever was bad in me out it's like no I'm fine I can keep going I don't need to tap out and then competitive mode kicked in was like wait I can do more than just my stretch goal I'm strong enough for this yeah well I think that's what a lot of people get too it's I mean it's one of those things that there's that fine line between giving yourself that option to tap out and pushing yourself to a bad spot, you know, and I've had that a couple of times where I've been like, okay, yeah, I think I injured something, but I told myself I was going to finish this. So I'm going to finish it. Damn it. And then being on other races where or other things where I'm like, Hey, if I continue, 
right now, I'm putting my future goals Mm -hmm. in, in, in jeopardy because it's like, I have an injury that if I don't take care of this and if I don't stop now, I'm not going to be able to do this later. Yeah. And and that is exactly why I give myself that permission because at the end of the day, yeah, I love fit. I want to be out there to celebrate the final fit, but the final fit isn't my goal. It is way too early in the season to be running a 12 hour, a 24 hour race. So if I need to tap out, I have to think long-term and what would suffering a 12 hour race in April, how could that derail me for November? November is when the big dance is not April. I don't need this. So I can tap out. And I think a lot of people think to forget too, how much that can affect because it might be, you know, you push a little bit, but if you injure yourself enough or, you know, injure yourself now in April, now you got to step back to deal with that injury. And now all that training you would have had building up to November is now jeopardized Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's not just, Oh, well that's, you know, six months away. It is, but you know, an injury now can affect so much. I mean, even just a pulled muscle, you know, if I pulled something in my calf or something like that, or my, my leg, that's a month ish, depending on how bad the pull is where I have to take it easy and train differently. And now how much is that going to affect my goal later in the year? Yeah. But for me with that fit race, you know, not tapping out taught me a lot too. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, I told myself I could, but when I was out on those laps, when I thought I was going to bonk and saying, just get me to the end of this lap, you know, I feel like I can lay down right here and just fall asleep thinking, okay, this is teaching me a lesson. I know now, maybe don't sit and eat an entire carton of pineapple the day before a race. Space it out a little bit. Um, Double check the dates of the pineapple you're buying. Um, You know, then if you're feeling this in your stomach, you know, I know that I really enjoy applesauce and clementines, fruit juices, you know, all all of these liquid fuel, and that can help keep me going, but have something with me to make sure that I can get out and onto that lap and get back in. And if the lap is way too long, then I know that. But I was able to know, okay, if my stomach feels a certain way, this is what helps me. So I'm always going to have ginger seltzer. I will get on it, the plane with an entire case of polar ginger seltzer if I have to. Um, Whatever you need I, to do. Yeah. Um, but I know that that works for me. And I know that I was able to calm my stomach with ginger seltzer and different fruits. And I could stay on my feet. So now if I get into a jam and I have an upset stomach out at World's Toughest Mudder, I'm going to tell my pit crew, hey, grab me some seltzer and hand me some applesauce and let's keep going. It's awesome. And that's the thing. It's all building up to it and learning. And that's what's awesome about it. And see, for me, I wouldn't have thought the seltzer because I, my biggest problem, I know when I'm running or doing anything, I can't have anything with carbonation. Yeah. 
carbonation makes me want to like hurl. So, but I know seltzer might be different. It might be because I'll do, and it sounds really bad. People think it's disgusting. I'll take a Coke and let it like, I'll drink the Coke, but I'll let it defizz before I drink it. So that'd be one of those. If I had a lap and I knew I was going to be back in an hour, I'd pop the top. So by the time I caught back in an hour, I can drink the Coke and it'd be, it'd be defizzed. Yeah. And that's what's funny. That's the only time I drink Coke usually is on a race. (laughs) I'm not, I will occasionally, if I can get my hands on Canadian or uh, Mexican Coke. Yeah. Because I like the the real sugar. The real sugar. Uh, Yep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people who can't stand seltzer until they get out to an ultra. And they're like, that seltzer is the best thing in the world. And um, the bubbles really help ease the stomach. Um, I crave carbonation after long runs. Like I will crave a Coke that is like fully fizzed. Um, It's like, you know, ginger ale helps to calm the stomach Mm -hmm. a little bit. Same kind of concept, only seltzer does not have sugar. So sometimes I can't do too much sugar. So I'll have like the little cans of Coke if I need some quick sugar. And I think I had maybe one or two of those during the ultra, but I kept with mostly seltzer um, because I really want that carbonation. But I've, I've had like the bubbly water, which is Mm -hmm. sparkling water, not seltzer. And it's just way too sweet. Yeah. So I need seltzer, not sparkling, which probably not what my friend who works for AHA wants to hear because she's like, oh, I saw that you drink Polar out on races. Can I drop off a ca- couple cases of AHA? Like you can, but I'm probably not going to drink it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just, it's one of those weird things, that, things you don't think about. I mean, it's random weird things when you're out on a race and doing stuff. Cause like, for me, I know I have to watch. I like a little bit of sugar while I'm, I'm doing something like that, but if it's going to be something I'm going to be doing a lot of laps, like the Tough Mudder Infinity or doing the, you know, the sisu in june i have to limit it mm-hmm. if i go too much sugar i'll crash yeah so it's like i have to have just enough to give me the energy i need but if i go more than that and then i'll have that sugar crash after like a lap or two and i'm like this isn't good yeah <laughs> yeah awesome and then we wanted to talk about the other thing but i think we're running out of time we'll have to do another one soon just to talk about the the other. Uh, we will but hopefully when we do talk, we'll actually, well, I'm hoping we have a date literally like when I wake up in the morning, because it was last week, Friday morning, I woke up to an email saying it's go time. Here is the photos, uh, post Sunday at 9 a.m. New Zealand time. And I looked at, I, I went to the old Google machine, said, what time is 9 a.m. on Sunday, New Zealand? Oh, that is 5 p.m. here, Eastern Standard Time. That is the perfect time to post. Yeah. And the rest is history. We can officially talk about it. We, we just don't to. know a date when it is going to air. And they're Absolutely, still trying yeah. to figure out how it is going to air in the U.S. But 
there is this whole writer's strike going on, so I'm sure they're going to be needing a lot of extra content. I think so. So that, I mean, that might, it's not that the, the writer's strike is definitely a bad thing, but it might be it's a help not, for you. Yeah. Um, we want them to settle it all, but we want writers to get paid more. Yes. But while they are settling that and then writing all of their awesome shows to bring into production, why not just bring over this little old show from New Zealand and play it on... You something know, that we can see US it. broadcast <laughs> channels yeah because yeah. i definitely want i want to see it and i mean that's one of those things so we should we should plan a show to where we can have a, a full show just talking about that but yes you know so i'm not sure when we can have like the full conversation of what it was and what happened yeah depending on when it is um i i'm limited on what i can talk about until it airs and like i can't post about what happened until after it's aired for however many episodes I end up being on. Um, so I can say right now, yes, I was on it. And if you guys haven't caught on by now, I was in a show in New Zealand last year when we were recording, we did record like one episode at mm -hmm. least from New Zealand. And I was there for an adventure show where me and a partner went out with seven other teams of two. We were handed a map, a compass, all of the supplies we would need to survive in the wilderness for X amount of time. They told us where to get to, like, like they gave us the coordinates. Um, they took away our phones, our watches, all that kind of stuff said, get here by this time and don't get caught because special forces were tracking us the entire time. So that is coming out sometime in May. I don't have a date yet, but it is happening. Nice. I want to see it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is called Tracked. It is put on by Warner Brothers Discovery. So hopefully it'll be on the new max streaming service at the very least um but fingers crossed it ends up somewhere in the hbo cw discovery warner brothers universe on actual cable television and yeah if for right now we know that it is going to air in new zealand on a channel called three they're very basic over there. They have one, two, three, something like that. Um, but if you have a VPN, you can set it to New Zealand and then you can log in and watch on three now. All right. Well, hopefully people get that. And then, like I said, once it gets, once it airs a little bit and you can say more, we'll have a full episode where we're just going to talk to you about it. Yes, definitely. You're, you're, you're TV famous now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of sort of maybe almost not really a reality TV star in New Zealand. Nice. Yeah. I'm really not. I don't but, think yeah. anybody's going to recognize me. Yeah, it's but okay, though. We know you're famous. green hair. <laughs> we know you're famous. That's what matters. But hey, New Zealand, if there are any obstacle course races that want to send me over as like the celebrity showing up at all your obstacle course races, I would gladly do so. Oh, yeah. 
I hear it's gorgeous down there. And I know we talked about it a little bit that when you were there, we knew you, we could talk about that you were there, but not why when you were down there. So, and I know when we talked about you, you talked about some amazing things down there and it's gorgeous. So it is so beautiful. No, no. I never thought I'd be running up and down a mountain or a hurt or volcano, but I did that numerous times. Um, I can't talk about all of the other places that I went to just yet. Um, but I did things that never in your life you would you have imagined doing. Um, I went to some truly spectacular places. And now I really definitely want to watch and definitely want to talk about it. So, <laughs> All right. Well, as always, it's been amazing talking to you. I yes. mean, we're, we, we've surpassed the hour that Don always tells us not to. I apologize, Don. Yeah. yeah, you'll have fun with it, though. Yeah. And I'm right. sorry that Titan is freaking out right now. It happens. He's just saying hi. He's saying hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Um, we'll talk again soon. Yes, yeah, definitely. It's always a blast. And yeah, I guess we'll talk soon. And is there anything you want to say to the listeners before you go? My name is Maggie BATC. I'm the OCR trainer. If you haven't caught on to that by now. Um, we never announced you. <laughs> yeah. Go set your A-race and plan your schedule around that. And let yeah. me know if you need any help with aches, pains, injuries. Do not just let them rest. Yeah. Don't let them rest. So not like I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I will take care of those. <laughs> yes. Please All do. Right. I will. All right. Well, thank you. And I will talk to you soon. We will talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.